Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast 338. In the last podcast, I talked to you about the call of Abraham. Now, what I want you to understand is that chapter 12 is not the cutting of the covenant. It's not God's covenant with Abraham. The covenant was introduced in chapter 12, but it was not made until what we call chapter 15. The Jews do not talk about making a covenant, but rather cutting a covenant. That's the language of the Bible. That's the language of the Tanakh. It is the cutting of the covenant. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, then the covenant such as God made with Abraham would never have come about. God cut a covenant. In other words, there had to be the death of innocence. There had to be the slaying of animals. There had to be blood involved because it was a serious, serious commitment. And so in chapter 12, what we have is the call of Abraham to the covenant. The covenant would be made years later, but God had to get Abraham where he needed to be before he could make a covenant with him. Same thing happens with us, by the way. I don't want to jump to application, but this is what I have said, and this is a good time to reiterate the point. God has to get us to the point of salvation and repentance. It doesn't come overnight. It is through a series of incremental episodes in our lives. God speaks to our heart here. God reveals himself to us here. God shows himself strong here. He answers a prayer here. Wait just a minute. You said answers a prayer. I was always told that God doesn't answer the prayer of lost people. Well, you were told wrong. That's incorrect. God does answer the prayers of lost people, and the Bible is replete with lost people's prayers that he did answer. Because you see, many times it is through answering prayers that God builds us to the point and gets us to the point where we're willing to trust him. And so this is what he did with Abram. He incrementally got Abram where he needed to be because the covenant that God was going to cut in chapter 15 needed to be from a certain place where Abraham could see all of the land before him, all the land around him. He could see the stars in the sky. He could see the Mediterranean, all of these kinds of things, that was where God had a place where he was going to get Abram to where he could make a covenant with him. And so God has to get us to where we need to be, and then he'll do in our lives what he has ordained that he will do. And we have a part in that. God has a part, and we have a part. Abraham needed to obey. Abraham needed to follow God. Abraham needed to trust what he knew, walk in the light that he had. Ever which way you want to say it, I'm just telling you, whether you're a child or whether you are an adult, God has had to get your attention over and over again. He's put you in the right place, the right family, the right people in your path, and he's spoken to your heart on the inside when no one else knows that he's speaking to your heart. He's speaking to you. Why? Because he's God. He's able to do that. So the call of Abraham is in chapter 12, but that's not when the covenant was made. God introduced it to Abraham. He said, if you will follow me and go here, go here, go here, go here, do this, do this, do this, then you'll be at the place where I can make a covenant with you. And I am so happy to report this to you. That's what the Bible says. And so Abram got to the place where he need to be. And we come to chapter 13. 
And God has already told Abraham, I'm going to choose a place for you. I'm going to choose you to create a people that I will bless. And so he talked to him about a chosen place, a chosen people, ultimately a chosen plan of how he was going to bring the world to himself. And this was through the Messiah, the Mashiach, the anointed one, the promised one, the coming one. And we began to pick up again on the story of the Crimson River in chapter 13. We saw it initiated in the garden, the story of the Red River of Blood that runs all the way through the Bible, the Red River of Sacrifice. I call it the Crimson River. W.A. Criswell, my first mentor in Dallas, Texas, called it the Scarlet Thread through the Bible. But whatever it is, it is the story of substitutionary sacrifice where God meets with man where forgiveness is offered. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So in chapter 13, you have Abram coming to the house of God, Beit El, Beit El, Beth El, Bethel. And that means house, Beit or Beth means house. El is the name, the base root name for El, like Elohim of Genesis chapter 1. Beit El is the house of God. And you can read that story in chapter 13. And then you can read it later where God brought the grandson of Avram to this place called Bethel. And there he met with his grandson, Jacob, as he was fleeing from Esau, his brother. But it is here in this place, according to chapter 13. Well, let's just look at the first few verses. Then Avram, Abram, went up from Egypt, he and his wife. He had gone down there because of great drought. And you can read the story of how God blessed him while he was there in spite of him manipulating the king. And Avram was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. And he went on his journey from the south, that is, from down in the south country, the Negev, as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. That's where he lodged when he first came there, between Bethel and Ai, to the place of the altar, the place of sacrifice, the place where the Crimson River continued to flow, which he had made there at first. And there Abram called on the name of Hashem, on the name of the Lord. Again, the reason I'm not trying to say Yahweh every time is because I don't know if that is his name. I know it's not Yahuwah because I know how we got Yahuwah. It may be Yahweh. It may be Yahweh, but it is Hashem. It is the name for sure. So I want you to just notice, and and I don't want to get into details, but verse 3 and verse 4, did you notice all the beginning words there at first and the altar? God allowed Abram to go south, literally and spiritually to go south. And even when he was south, even when he was outside of the place where God had led him to be. Isn't it amazing that God blessed Abram in spite of him, even after Abraham had told a half-truth, which uh, you know what a half-truth is. So indeed, this is exactly a picture again of in spite of us, in spite of us at our best moments, God graces us and blesses us and has mercy on us. So he brought him back to the place where he first started with him 
scene where he built that altar when he came into the land. And it's just a wonderful picture of us and how God leads us. But you can read the story. You see, Lot was really adopted as Abram's son. There is no doubt in my mind that when God said, I'm going to give you a great people, that Abram thought, well, it's going to be through Lot because he was raising up Lot, who was his brother's son, and he had taken him under his wing. That was what he should have done according to the culture of that day. Later, that was put into law, codified. But here you have the division in chapter 14 of the land and Lot and all of the things that took place. Fascinating, fascinating story of the rescue of Lot and how that all came about. But yet, because of the blessing of Lot and Abram, there had to be a separation. And so this is why chapter 15 comes after 14, because you see, God had to get Abram to the point to where he saw that it was not going to be through natural lineage, that is, through just the normal vicissitudes of life, that Isaac, the son of promise, was going to come about. See, Abram thought, okay, Lot's going to be the person. Then, next thing you knew, even after the covenant and God making the promise, then he tried to make it happen because he was getting old through uh, Ishmael. And you got to remember when he had Ishmael that he was 85 at that point. Some 15 years later, he had Isaac, but he tried to bring that promise about and listen to his wife, and that was not a good thing to do. And we know the history of that and lineage of Ishmael. But God, in his mercy, blessed the child, blessed his mother, Hagar. God continues to do that. But I want you to see that Abram was just continually trying to bring about the promises of God in the flesh, and that's just not how it works. And I don't want this to just turn into a big devotion, but I'm telling you, sometimes we just need to stop and look because this is God's way. You see, on the way is about God's way. It's about walking in the way. It's while people are walking on the way, driving on the way, all of these things. We are on a journey. And so Some people are on a journey and they don't know where they're going and we can help them. But we are people of the way. That was what we were called as followers of Jesus first in the book of Acts as people of the way. We thought a certain way. We lived a certain way. We talked a certain way. We were different than everyone else. And so there was a distinction. These are people of the way. They are different from everyone else. They don't talk and act like everyone. They talk about that rabbi from Nazareth that many believe was the Messiah. Well, he is the Messiah. We are his followers, and that makes us people of the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the hodas. I am the way, the path, the road. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we follow the way in a way. And so this is exactly what happened. And so Abraham was always trying to bring about all of the promises of God in his own way. But it doesn't work that way then or now. So I'm going to stop today simply because I want to deal with Melchizedek, the one we call Melchizedek, which is fine. Melchizedek is not. But the name is Melchizedek, the king of righteousness. I want to talk about him in our next lesson because he also features prominent in the book of Hebrews. And so for On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. 
Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.